Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stopper joining you. It's 105 in Edmonton. We're having to go a little bit old school. Uh, our... Tyline is down right now from the home office, but uh, hey, you make of it what you got. So there you go. This is the second hour of Oilers Now. It's brought to you by Digitex. They wish you and yours all the best during these uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. As uh, we head off straight to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, and uh, we are pleased to be joined on the line by a well-known play-by-play voice from across Canada uh, who was announced uh, early last week had joined NHL Hockey and Rogers and Sportsnet. We welcome back to the show Chris Cuthbert. Hello, Chris. How are you doing? Hey, Bob, good. Uh, when you said you were going old school, I thought that was in reference to me, and uh, uh, good to be with you. Yeah, well, I, I mentioned it earlier in the show. Thanks for that. Uh, and, hey, technical difficulties happen. That's all part of the process. Along the way, during your your uh, your broadcasting career, did you ever have to uh, maybe jump on a phone and call a game through a phone or lose audio contact or anything like that uh, uh, happen uh, during the time that you've done uh, some of your play-by-play work? Well, once in a while, the headset would go down for a short period of time, and I guess fans would like that. But uh, I, I guess the, the biggest technical difficulty I, I benefited from when uh, the lights went out in, at the Montreal Forum one night in a playoff night between Boston and Montreal, and they ended up coming to uh, to me. I was in Washington just supposed to do some intermission updates between the, uh, the Devils and the Capitals in the playoffs. And, uh, uh, again, because of uh, power failure and Quebec, uh, uh, they ended up going to be for two and a half hours. So that's my, I guess, technical difficulty story. But for me, it was a, uh, a technical benefit and uh, kind of was a little bit of a springboard for my career. Well, here's the beauty of the situation, Brendan. I'm going to literally switch headsets right now and get back on the fault line after I ask this question. Uh, but uh, this is, you know, uh, Chris, we've discussed this privately before. 
years ago, Brent Musburger did stats for Lindsey Nelson. And I recall a game in uh, 1999, uh, David Moyer, who was unbelievable as a statistician, I think he was doing a hockey night that night because it was the end of October and the Golden Bears season finished. And I was your stats guy in a game in which Sean Millington uh, set an Eskimo club record, 225 yards rush. It might have even been close to the CFL record. I'll never forget, I made a six-yard mistake during the game, and you were so cool about it. You didn't get upset. You just pointed out quietly when a commercial break. I think you, you you gave him credit for a couple too many yards, and we had to go back and recorrect it. But it, it was all part of how you handled the situation, and uh, I've always appreciated that. You never treated any of the support staff like you were the star of the show, even though you were the star of the show. Were there some people along your journey that kind, you know, that kind of was that always part of your repertoire and your personality, or is it just something you sort of learned over time as you grew in the evolution of your own career? Well, I figured out uh, there's no, as Bob Cole would always say, there's no such thing as a perfect broadcast. So I knew I made enough mistakes on my own, and uh, uh, you know, I just I think we all got uh, kind of groomed in the same way. Uh, uh, back in the day, it was the can. Canada Sports Network, and uh, I think there's been different uh, um, uh, names put to the production house that handled Hockey Night in Canada, but uh, uh, but uh, John Shannon and those guys, Don Wallace, Ralph Mellenby was at the top when, when I started, and uh, you went through a bit of a training process, and, uh, and you know, I, I don't know if specifically that was ever discussed, but uh, you know what, uh, I think you were well-trained to just worry about your own stuff, and uh, Everybody else around you was doing the best they can, and uh, to respect that and uh, to go forward, and uh, always thought that worked pretty well. Interesting. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people that like deep, resonant tones, and you have a little bit different type of voice. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I wish I had those deep, resonant tones. <laughs> well, I work with a guy who who can really belt it out. I mean, Jack's got a Jack's. You know, Jack can certainly let a rip. Uh, you know, a lot of uh, I've I've got a deeper voice, but uh, I, I do think it shows a little bit that there's been that's less uh, necessary than maybe it was back when we think of the 30s, the 40s, or the 50s in. Broadcaster because a lot of the top broadcasters back then, as you know, uh, Chris, they had those big, those big booming uh, resonant uh, pipes, and and I think people are a lot more open today, maybe than more so than ever, for having different types of voices on there, and it's a great thing, isn't it? No, for sure, and I think uh, I was just getting into it. Uh, I started seventy nine eighty. I, I was getting into it probably five to ten years after those golden voices were uh, were were a must. Um, geez, I remember even when I started CKWS in Kingston, uh, some of those radio guys even in in that kind of market had that golden voice, and I remember hearing it and thinking, "Wow, I'll never be like that." And uh, and I I guess I always thought that was going to hold me back a little bit, but uh, I, I, people people kid me about the fact that I'm uh, I project a lot, and maybe that's uh, uh, trying to trying to make up for it but uh i'm i don't have the deepest voice in the booth i'm, I'm one of the louder guys in the booth i think but uh, anyway it it uh, i am grateful that you don't need the uh, the old dulcet tones of the past 
uh, we all take from different guys and, and learn. I mean, I was a big Danny Gallivan and Bob Cole guy sort of growing up, had the privilege of occasionally doing stats for Bob. Uh, and then in terms of locally here, I grew up listening to Brian Hall and Rod Phillips and did the last two years with Rod. Now, you spent some time here in Edmonton, but along the way, along your journey, were there some broadcasters that you learned from? Well, you know, for me, uh, my my course was a, a nightly uh, course in broadcasting because uh, when I went to bed at night in, in at least hockey season, I would have uh, KMOX uh, St. Louis with Dan Kelly underneath my pillow or, or Bob Wilson of WBZ Boston, the voice of the Bruins, or, or the Canadian guys like uh, Foster Hewitt or, or Bill Hewitt. Uh, Bob Cole was at a time doing CBC radio and he'd be my Sunday night voice as well, Fred Scambatti but uh, I, I, you know what I, I really studied all of them uh, Don Chevrier was another guy when I was a kid that uh, I listened to very closely but uh, for me uh, uh, Kelly and Gallivan, the two Dans, Dannys were uh, as good as it gets Yeah, D- Danny Gallivan's control of the English language, uh, just unbelievable and we all know the work that Kelly did in the Canada Cup we're joined right now by Chris Cuthbert who is now with NHL Hockey and Rogers and Sportsnet. i got to ask you, Chris, I mean, you did football for a long time. And are you going to miss, you know, calling the Grey Cups and those sort of events? I am. I, no question about it. And it was the toughest part of the, t- the decision. But uh, at the end of the day, I'd, I'd done over 800 football games. I'd been involved in 25 Cups. And uh, I, I kind of asked myself, well, what, what's left? And, and the answer was doing a game or games in Halifax when it becomes a 10-team league. And, and that would be special. And I'm going to miss that when they do get there. But uh, it didn't. that window wasn't uh, opening in the, in the near future. And, uh, you know, the clock's starting to tick a little bit for me. And six years left in a national TV contract before I'd get another chance if I didn't move. And even then it wasn't certain. So uh, I thought this is an opportunity to to maybe get to some unfinished business and uh, do a little bit more. And, and I have kidded. It's a shameless uh, move on my part to get a lower broadcast position in Edmonton because uh, that one up there is uh, oh, pretty high. On. And I love the one at the top of the first section at at, uh, at Rogers Arena. Well, uh, you know, Chris, I uh, on this show, this show is uh, obviously, you know, I work for the Oilers Entertainment Group, and this uh, show played, uh, certainly focused a lot on the building for the downtown entertainment arena complex, but it didn't help me and Jack get in a better broadcast location. We're up at the top there, so uh, suck it up, Buttercup, is all we got told when that was the spot that we were assigned. <laughs> so it does sound like you're going to be uh, getting the much better location uh, at the uh, Sportsnet uh, regional guys get with Kevin Quinn in that group. By the way, just as just on the football, is there any was there anything more Canadian you think than when CTV and CBC used to split the Grey Cup? You know, I, I, uh, uh, fortunately, I never had to do that. And uh, as kind of a a fan of broadcasters back at that time, I used to just cringe at even the the thought that those guys had to do that. And I'm not even sure about the formula of, you know, who got to do first half and second half because uh, on 
one occasion the Grey Cup was over by the end of the first half, but uh, more often than not, the game was just getting warmed up and not decided until the second half. So uh, I, I guess if uh, if you got to call the first half, you could enjoy a beer while you were doing this while you were watching the second half. But uh, you know what? That's uh, something I'm glad I never had to do because uh, it was a little awkward. And you're right. I guess that was at a time uh, uh, definitely a, a Canadian compromise. How many years did you spend in Edmonton working for CBC, Chris? I was uh, from '84 to '91, so a uh, pretty good, pretty good time slot to hit. Uh, I came after the first Stanley Cup, uh, obviously post uh, dynasty for the Eskimos, but uh, there were lots of cups: '85, uh, '87, '88, '90, and uh, an '87 Grey Cup. Uh, I'm trying to think if there was any other Eskimo Cup in that time span. I'm not sure there was, but uh, uh, it was a great time to be in Edmonton for sure. Yeah, uh, guys like. You know, Ken Chilebeck would have been prominent at that time, obviously, yep. with TSN. What do you do? You specifically, you know, do you remember one of the Stanley Cup championships more than another? Did one kind of stand out for you over the other ones? Well, I think you know, '87 did, and I, I hope people don't mind me saying this because it might sound like the wrong reason, but. 87 was a bit of a turning but I mean it, it was it was special because they won after losing in 86 and uh, and not stringing the cups together um, but what I remember about 87 unfortunately was not only the joy in the room but also it was in the room after they'd won the Stanley Cup that Andy Moog and Paul Coffey basically said they were done as Edmonton Oilers and it, it kind of signaled a little bit of the end of one era, uh, obviously not the end of uh, of the Gretzky era. Uh, and '88, I guess, for another reason, will be remembered uh, because it was Wayne's last cup. And I'm gonna I'm gonna cover a lot of room with the, with the answer because to me, 1990 was the one that not many of us saw coming, and and for them to win a cup without Gretzky was was pretty special as well. So I've I've covered a lot of bases there, but uh, they all seem to be pretty memorable. You know, people forget Glenn Anderson, Mark Messier, and Craig Simpson, that 90 cup games, four and five. Those guys combined for six goals. You know, four in game uh, four, and then uh, the first two goals in game five. And Glenn Anderson walking Don Sweeney and then setting up Simpson on the second one. That, I mean, <laughs> those guys were pretty good uh, during the course of that Stanley Cup run. We're joined by a guy who could teach all broadcasters a lot about uh, modesty, uh, something that uh, many of you suggest on a daily basis. I lack on this show. We're joined by Chris Cuthbert. Uh, Chris, have you, uh, so are, you, without uh, revealing too much, can you, uh, do you kind of know exactly what you're going to be doing in terms of uh, uh, the broadcast, or is that TBA for uh, NHL Hockey and Rogers right now with sports? Well, the, the easy answer is I don't know yet either. I, I'm expecting to be, uh, to be just about everywhere, and, and that suits me just fine. Okay, so there's a distinct possibility that we might see a, a, in Edmonton, maybe, or uh, you know, when the Oilers are in Calgary or in Vancouver, maybe doing one of you know the late game as part of a hockey night in Canada doubleheader. I, I think uh, I'm going to be on every Saturday night, uh, either on the first game or the second game. Uh, probably more likely the second game, and uh, and uh, you know what that means. It, it would mean I hope uh, you know Edmonton, Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver, uh, and sometimes Vancouver, Calgary, and and uh, any of those matchups suit me just fine. Just a thought. Uh, I mean, you were in Edmonton when you know Gretzky was here and Messier, four Hall of Fame forwards, six Hall of Famers overall. Uh, 
have you ever seen I mean, you're, you're old enough that, you you know, you saw Bobby Orr play, and he was spectacular and special, but a thought on sort of the Oilers' one-two punch right now down the middle with McDavid and Dreisaitl. Well, it's it's Gretzky Messier. Uh, it's it's you know it's in that discussion. Uh, uh, I remember when Lemieux and Francis were uh, were one two in Pittsburgh. Uh, but I mean, it doesn't uh, in this era. It's hard to believe. Uh, oh well, there's Crosby and Malkin too. But uh, this is special, and I, I it is ballot day. And uh, it might sound funny. But I'm not sure how often people would have uh, two of their top five Hart Trophy picks from the same team um but that was the case uh, for me and i'm sure for a lot of people uh, it's uh, a special duo and uh and obviously dry settles taken a a step to uh, another step to uh to the top and, and making that duo even more dynamic than it's been in the past and chris final uh question for you uh because i don't know if you have the answer but uh, have you broadcast games before off a tv screen I have. Uh, it's not great, certainly not ideal, but uh, if that's what we've got to do, uh, I, I mean, let's drop the puck as soon as we can, as soon as they deem it. We're, uh, you know, it's healthy enough to do that. Uh, but there has been some lobbying. I know I talked to Jim Houston about this, and I, I like the way he put it, that uh, he'd like to see the national uh, rights holders each have one essential broadcast crew in, in each hub city, and that would make uh, our jobs easier it would make our jobs better but if that's not what the nhl sees fit at 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 this point in time then uh, i guess off the monitor it will be chris uh we're getting response here people are really excited that you're going to be uh back doing games on hockey night in canada and they look forward to uh you know uh watching games in which you're broadcasting uh, the oilers in it so uh I, I hope you look forward to it there's a lot of people excited and thank you for taking time to join us here on oilers now in edmonton awesome to hear and i i can assure everybody uh, nobody's more excited than me thanks bob you bet that is chris cuthbert with NHL hockey and Rogers. Wow, what a what a one-two punch between Chris Cuthbert and Jim Houston. Uh, of course, we're, we're spoiled in this market. I mean, uh, Chris spent. You just heard him, eighty-four to ninety-one here. Louis DeBrusque is on this show. Uh, is one of their two analysts, Craig Simpson. Uh, Craig and Louis, the top two analysts right now for NHL hockey and Rogers for national broadcast. I mean, Drew Remenda and Louis split the regional games, and Drew used to do games uh, for Hockey Night in Canada as well. So it shows you the sort of bench depth they have right now, the ties to Edmonton. So it's going to be really intriguing to watch. I, I I'm in theory, think we're going to see uh, Houston remain with Simpson, and I guess that means we're going to have Cuthbert and DeBrusque, and my guess is most of the listeners are going to be pretty cool with that. Uh, and I'm, you know, the feedback I'm getting, Cactus Jack has texted me to say, Bob, Chris Cuthbert, what a pro. You're right. He's a pro. It is 122 in Edmonton. You can text us at any time on the Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Ashley Fine Floors providing winning results for over 35 years. Uh, the Chisler, my man Steve down in Vegas, has texted me. I asked him how many new cases COVID-wise in Vegas. Um, 
And he says the cases have doubled since they've opened phase two, 1,200 positive tests, uh, positive cases. Well, I, I guess it's negative news, but it's uh, they've had 1,200 uh, people test positive for COVID in the last seven days alone. And again, uh, to put things in perspective, I mean, we've got some people concerned here in Edmonton. That numbers have gone up a bit. I think it's. Uh, I think I said earlier in the show, 162 positive uh, cases uh, since June the first. Of course, there's been 21,492 tests done during that time. Those are. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Just statistical numbers, take it for what it's worth. It's 123 in Edmonton. We'll take a timeout. You're listening to Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All season long, the Oilers Now Injury Report is brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Trent Brown, Jim Brown, the gang of James H. Brown, they want you to stay safe. And uh, stay positive. Again, you can text us at any time at 780-496-0063 or Ashley Fine Floors text line. Brendan, you just wanted to jump in on something? Well, you know, I'm thinking about the time that you would have been doing stats for Chris Cuthbert. And like, how, how different was it? I mean, not only just doing the game of football, where I, I imagine it would be a lot to take in uh, from your standpoint in that position, but doing it without a computer, too. Oh man, you had to be, you had to be so sharp and so on top of it. And again, David Moyer, who still to this day does stats, he's been the number one guy out in Western Canada, uh, as a stat and font coordinator for the last, I don't know, 25, 30 years. Now they do use a computer, but back then, uh, you know, you basically had, you know, for football, you'd have three spreadsheets out. You're sitting there passing notes, uh, to the play by play guy. There, there's also the spotter. So I did both stats and spotter. And John Wells, towards the end of his career, his, his, his eyesight wasn't great in football. You got to span a big field. And, uh, and so you got to, you, you know, you've got to make sure you've got the receiver right on every, on every, uh, reception. Quarterback's kind of a given who makes the tackle for the opposition team in the role of a spotter. But in terms of a statistician, like if, if a, if a guy goes off for 24 yard carry and you only give him a 19 yard carry, and the guy breaks a hundred yards and you got him at 95 yards, you're, you're kind of, you know, and that's where when you have computerized stats, it's right there for you. There's a guy in Edmonton, uh, Brian Desjardins, who Dave Campbell and Morley would know. And, and he historically really knows, uh, you know, his stats, but in game, the actual speed and how good you have to, it, it certainly would help you. And, uh, and the other thing that helped me do is just working with guys like that because then I, you know, I started doing the, the stats and thanks in large part to John Sexsmith for hockey in 95, 96, and then started doing football in 98, 99. And football was a lot more labor intensive than hockey. Uh, you gotta, you get, you have to be on top of it. You have to be on the ball. Uh, some, some, some football stats crews would have two separate guys for a CBC broadcast, a primary and secondary statistician, same for Hockey Night in Canada. CBC tended to spend a little bit more money in that regard than some of, say, the, the regional shows that were out there at that time. All right. Uh, you can text us again on our Ashley Pine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. 
the Global Television and uh, 630 Chet had the all-time uh, Oilers All-Star teams. Uh, Kevin Carius from Global is going to be releasing some of that during the course of this week as the voting is now closed. We'll hear from Kevin at 135. Off to a Global News Weather Traffic Update, Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.